how would your honey feel if she came home to see you wearing a bracelet with your balls hanging from it? Oh my, wait, are you making that up or no. was that actually said? It's recorded in phone trans- transcripts. Oh my God. Yeah. This is Siobhan. This is Natalie. And welcome back to Hysterical. All right. It's my turn this week. What are we talking about? Sports. Oh, God. You know I don't like this. But for you all, faint excitement. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm excited. It involves the mob. You like Oh, the mob. okay. I do like the mob. Yeah. Um, okay. Seize, so the, we're gonna... seize the Godfather once. <laughs> well, you know the movie Good, Goodfellas? I've never seen that, but yeah. It's the main character in it is based off a major player in this. Story. Oh, phenomenal. Okay. Um, so this is the Boston College gambling scheme. I've, I've actually never heard of this. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the late 70s. Okay. Quite a time. And these two guys in Pittsburgh, Rocco. Great name. <laughs> and Anthony Perla, their brothers. Like, they're credited as being small-time mobsters. Like, they're not. They just have, like, a severe gambling problem. (laughs) And they're like, okay, we're going to fix NCAA basketball games, and that's how we're going to make all our money. Okay, just like a sort of question. Yeah, why? (laughs) Because, okay, so, like, bigger sports, it's a lot harder to fix. Okay. Like, professional sports are really hard to fix. So... I get into... All right, let me just start with how you bet. Yeah, because to be honest, like, I don't understand when people say they, like, fixed a sports game. I don't understand what that means. Like, I don't know how you fix a sports game. Okay, so basically, when people are betting on things, they create a spread. Okay. Which is basically, like, this GW is supposed to beat you... Based on everything we know, GW is supposed to beat UConn by 10 points. Okay. So it's... GW plus 10 is the spread. Okay. And then as a better, you can take the under if you think they're going to win by less than 10. Okay. Or you can take the over. They're going to win by more than 10. Exactly. So how you fix a game is you bet the underdog way. So, like, they're going to win by less than 10 has a higher yield percentage because it's more unlikely. And so you that you get, make more if that's if what that's the case, happens. and you get the players of the game to make sure that they don't win by ten. Oh, okay. So basically, yeah, but what happens if they lose? Does that kind of get it? Like, so it, the spread operates either way. So it's GW plus ten, mm-hmm. but and if someone's listening and they're like a big sports better, I'm like pretty sure this is the way it works. <laughs> If UConn wins by plus 10, you can take that bet, too. You oh. can take UConn beating the spread. So it's less about who wins and it's more about the number of points that the winning team wins by or loses. Like, or like kind of. Not loses by, but... But, like, you, but like, you have a chance to make a shit ton of money if you bet on UConn, but it's so unlikely. Okay, got it, got it. You know what I mean? Because so it's more like to fix it, you just tell the players, like, just miss foul shots so that it comes in under 10. Okay. Because, because we all bet that. The the part in The Great Gatsby where 
he's like, oh, well, I, like, fixed the whatever World Series. And he's like, how? And he's like, I saw an opportunity. Like, I, I lie awake at night thinking about that and being like, no, but what did that mean? Like, how, what does he mean by that? So, like, when I say I have zero concept of how I, I, works. I get how you can fix basketball. I'm not sure how you could fix baseball. Because there's not, not enough foul. points. <laughs> like, there's not a, and And so, like, in basketball, like, you just miss a, miss a couple shots that, yeah. like, Oh, you're just having an off night. Yeah. Like enough points are on the board that it's, I'm like, what do you like, like not hit a home run? Like, or, <laughs> or you just like miss like by a lot on purpose. I don't know. Yeah. So I like, I'm the wrong person to be speculating. I, I know so little about. Okay. So they choose Boston College because like they're an ACC team, which like if you know anything. And again, for everything you have to assume that I don't. <laughs> so it's like they're a good conference, but like they're not a, and I, I texted my dad. My dad played Division One college basketball and I was like, those guys at BC that fix games, like were they good? And he was like, no. So like they were in a good conference. So they it wasn't necessarily a good team. And so like it wasn't like you were going to screw up the tournament or anything. Like there was no chance of them like having a great season. And okay. And so, but they were in a an, a major conference. So like it made sense that people were betting on their games. Like Got they it. had to, you know, it had to not raise suspicions because then bookers would change the bet. Like they had to just spread it out. And not let anyone know they were doing this because, and so, Rocco and Anthony. Right okay. now, we only have the Rocco. The way that you're saying Rocco, when like I, I think it's probably Rocco. Probably. Oh, how is it spelled? R O C C O. Yeah, no, fully that's Rocco. <laughs> you're thinking. It's fine. My Rococo. name's Siobhan, so I get like you're thinking some leeway. Rocco because you're refined. Yeah. No, it's. I, I Rocco? hate to say it's Rocco. Rocco. Yeah. Okay, so it's just the two of them at this okay. point. Like, they're just, like, in their, like, little Pittsburgh flat, and they're, like... Thinking about how do we make They're, like, we're going to make a lot of money, and we're going to fix basketball games. I guess that makes sense if you're someone who knows a lot about sports and hates working. (laughs) Yeah. So, and the reason they do this... diagram of those two things. It's, like, you need to know basketball players. Right. Like, you need to... You can't just, like, pick a team and be, like, okay, I'm going to fix the games and then, like, knock on some dorm room doors and be, like, hey, do you want to throw your career away and possibly face 25 to life in prison? (laughs) Um... So they have a friend from high school who's about to go into his senior year at BC. So they're, like, the same age as these basketball players. Oh, okay. So they're Rocco and Anthony are. There's going to be a lot more players that get involved that aren't. Great. Um, So, like, right now they're just, like, have a gambling addiction and are, like, well, we need to win. We need to stack it against us because we're losing so much. So they have his friend from high school, Rick Cunn. What? That's his name. Wait, what's the last name? K-U-H-N. Oh. Cun. Oh. That's not what I thought you said. Yeah. His last name is not Cunt. Yeah, I, I thought that that was... Okay, great. So he is was, going though. into his senior season, and he's about to become a starter. Okay. So, like, they're like, he's going to be on the court. Okay. So let's get him involved. And Ricky had a big drug problem. He was like... Uh, yeah. Well, because they, had they invented, like, drug, like, drug tests? Like, mandatory drug tests? No, and there's, like... Okay, so this is, like, a wild west of college basketball. And it's, like, 1970s, so there's no such thing as likeness. Like, that hasn't even been invented. I don't even know what that is. So it's, like, the... (laughs) So, in college basketball, like, if I bought a shirt that said Paige Becker's name... Yeah. It was just passed that she needs a cut of that, because it's Uh, her likeness. It's her... 
name. Back then, no one was making money off of and like that. the way you made money was either through scholarships or like recruiting was really corrupt. So like your family might like get a house if you went to Duke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like y- yes, but there's no if you don't go to the NBA, you're not making any money. Right. And it's it's not. March Madness, where it's like if you have a cr- if you're Kemba Walker and you have like one tournament where you go crazy, you like, like get a shoe deal. Like there's none life. of that. Yeah. And so he's like going into his senior year. He's like, all right, fuck this. I want money because I have a drug problem and I really, really like to party. And these two little fuckers are like, here's oh. some money if you just throw the. Oh oh, we know how we can all make some money. Help me help you. <laughs> so. They basically cook up this scheme. They're just like the three of them, like in their little Pittsburgh apartment. And they're like, by the way you play, you need to make it so that the spread doesn't get covered. So okay. if the if Boston College was favored by eight points, he would get $2,500 if they won by seven points or less. <gasps> and that's like per game? That's like, that's a lot of money. And he could bet his own money. So he could put so that he, he could put so that twenty five hundred on the bet and win it tenfold. So he's like invested. Yeah, yeah. And they're making a ton of money doing that. Like the the idea right now, they haven't made any money. But like the idea, you're talking twenty five hundred dollars, not adjusted for inflation. So like this is a lot of money that they're talking about. And he's like, all I have to do is like miss a couple shots or yeah. like foul out or something. So. He's like, okay, I'm in, but I'm only one guy, and the other four players could just pick up. And if someone has an incredible game, then you're screwed. Yeah, like then I can't. So he's like, there needs to be, and he's like, if I get subbed out, there's nothing I can do. So he's like, there needs to be two of us because, like, that guarantees that usually in college basketball, like, you're starting five. If one subbed out, the other four are usually on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, you don't ever, like, clear the bench. Yeah. So he brings on his friend, Jim Sweeney. And he's like, all right, here's the deal. You make $2,500 a game. Wait, wait. This is so funny to me because this is, like, this is like an Instagram DM. Like, do you ever get those where you're like, hey, girl, if you want to hey. post this on your Instagram, then I'll give you, like, $500 No, it's a pyramid post. game. Literally, he's DMing him. He's like, hey, if you just want to fuck up this game a little bit, like, think about how much money you can get. And And they're just like, yeah, okay, we want to party, and, like, we need money to do that, and we're not making any money, and, like, we're not getting an education. I feel like I could get more behind this if it was, like, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to invest. <laughs> like, well, oh, we're going to set ourselves up for life. Like, mm, no, this is for drugs. This is drug money. Or it's just, like, they want to take, like, the girls they're with, like, out to a nice dinner in Boston. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's... They it's, have humble dreams But you got to think, like, these guys are probably 19 or 20. I feel like I could have come up with some great things to spend money on when I was... Yeah. But, 19, but they're 20. Fairly they're, like, like in college, ago. but their entire life they've been really good at a sport, and that's all they've done. And now they're staring down a barrel of, oh, my God, I can't play this sport anymore, <laughs> and that has been my entire personality for 20 years. When do I tell Boston College that I don't know how to read? <laughs> exactly. How many times can illiteracy come up in an episode? The uh, does not exist. <laughs> so let's do a little break. Okay, so that's all they've got. The two brothers, and then they've got Rick Cunn and Jim Sweeney. Okay. So, like, those four are in place. It's, like, September. They're like, okay, everything's – the season starts and in – what year is this? Like, 78. 78. So, they're like, all that's in place. 
there's nothing for us to do for three months because the basketball season hasn't started. Right. So they're like, just don't lose all our money. We need money to invest. Just don't tear an ACL in that time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sensitive topic here. Yeah, come on. That's triggering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to just set that aside. That's like the story that we're... But it gets in a little above their heads. Yeah, as most things do go so, for 19-year-olds who gamble. I'm going to switch, and we're going to do a breakdown on Henry Hill, who is the main character in Goodfellas, under a different name, and the Lucchese crime family. Don't know. (laughs) Um, And how they get involved. But you need background on them, because you're like, this is a small-time scheme. Like, what what are y'all doing here? Context. So, Hill was born in 1943 in Manhattan to an Irish immigrant. Um, And his family was, like, real poor. Real poor. There were eight children, and they grew up in, like, Brooklyn, whatever. Across the street from his childhood home Mm -hmm. is the seat of the Lucchese crime family. (laughs) The cab stand (laughs) that they operated everything from. Great. So he grows up, he's, like, playing jacks on his front porch, and they're, like, murdering people. people. So he's, like, obsessed with them. He thinks they're the coolest people ever, which, like, me too. Like, if I grew up across from the most lethal American mafia family in history, I would be obsessed with them, Someone's too. Someone's like... They probably just have, like, an aura about yeah. them. Someone's like, my boy, look what they did to my boy. And meanwhile, he's, like, chalk. He's, like, drawing chalk. <laughs> he's, like, driveway, just being like, la, la, la. So he... The cab stand is run by Paul Vario. He's the Capo regime of the Lucchese, wow. which is like head honcho. Of this <laughs> that direct translation is head honcho. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Capo might be head. Okay, we're gonna fact check it later. Um, <laughs> so he's like big deal, mm-hmm. and he's obviously he's probably always got a cigar in his mouth, Cuban. Um, <laughs> and so Henry Hill's like, yeah, no. I'm not going to do this whole whatever my father's doing, laying brick or whatever. They have more money than God. So he goes over there at 11, and he's like, hey, guys, what? Just, how do I get involved? He's networking. Yeah, he's, he's networking like, at 11. He's like, I'm, I'm really interested in what you guys do here. I want to learn more. Um, do you, does, the mafia, I, does the mafia offer internships? <laughs> I would say he is probably the first and only intern of the mafia, <laughs> but sh- it, it just was a little apprentice. Yeah, so he, they're like, okay, you can run errands. Run errands means run drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this little eleven-year-old was like, was just like walking around with like grams of cocaine, um, kilos. <laughs> and so they, you know, as internships do, you kind of get your one guy that you're working under. You're right, learning of course, from him, of course, of course. James Burke who separately spends a lot of time in jail for being a hijacker. Okay. <laughs> so It's a fun character arc for him. So he, he, that's what he does. He runs errands for this James Burke character. At 14, like in a ceremony, they present him a card that's like, yeah, you're, you're here. <gasps> They're like, present this. He's in. You're in. And he was making close to $190 a day doing whatever he was doing for them. Jesus. So he's like, why am I in high school? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? what is the purpose of 
education. So he drops out of high school and he's like, I'm going to work exclusively for the mob. And are his, are his parents not like, hey, you're spending like a lot of time at the neighbor's house. Like, he's like, yeah, they have a better I, TV I got, set over there. I, what got, about I, it? I, I get the sense that eight kids yeah, and no fair. money, you're like, he's bringing home some money. Yeah. <laughs> you keep doing what you're doing. And if you're growing up, putting it in the family tip pool, or I, I, I feel it, like he was he was. And I'm also like, if you're if you're living across from the seat of the American mafia, like you're definitely paying them off at some to point not, for your safety. Yeah. You know what's going on across the street at the cab stand. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think anyone was like really like discouraging him from this like idea. life of crime. So he's arrested at 16 for like. Petty crime, something I forget what it was, and this arrest record is like some of the only physical evidence that proves he ever existed. <laughs> like that, it like, and you'll see why. But like, it like, he just gets expunged. Well, because he comes, he goes into witness protection. But um, oh, oh, oh. little sp- sprinkling that in. Um. So, like, this arrest record is, like, some of the only things you can hold and be like, yeah, Henry Hill lived. He was a person. (laughs) existed. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to just, like, tell you about a couple of his crimes that he got away with because, like, I just think they're crazy and that nobody talks about them. And it'll give you a sense of, like, oh, oh, we're going big time. We're going big names. In April of 1967... And I'm only talking about their other crimes because, like, they're just kind of crazy. And then you realize, like, how in over their head these 20-year-olds were. Okay. Him, Hill, and his mob friend, Tommy DeSimone. Great mob name. Yeah. Incredible mob name. That sounds like a a subway shop, just DeSimone's. But, like, it's a front for something else. Oh, great. You should be PR. I'm thinking, like, a mob boss. (laughs) I think you should do PR for the mob. (laughs) So they drive to the Air France cargo terminal at JFK with a single suitcase because, like, this is pre-pre-pre-9-11. So you're just allowed to, like, go wherever you want in the airport. Um, They're like, we lost our baggage. Can we go to lost baggage? They go. They had a friend who worked at JFK, got him a duplicate key that, like, lets you into the terminal. Okay. And stole $420,000. And the money was not discovered missing for three days. Wait. All that money was in cash? Yeah. So basically, Air France, at that time, when you gave money to another country, okay, you had to exchange it for American currency. Okay. So they were flying the American currency back from South Asia. So, so they were- bags and bags of cash. So they were tipped off that this money was going to be in transit, and yes. then they could just go- And at the time, Air France was like- you kind of knew this is what Air France was doing. They would ship a million dollars a week. Oh, okay, okay. And it was well, just, brilliant. it was like before we had any technology to like wire money. Yeah. No, brilliant on behalf of the mob. Like so unbelievably, shockingly dumb of Air France. Yeah. So it's not discovered until three days later. And this was kind of the moment that like cemented him in the mob. They okay. were like, okay, he's not family. So, like, we got to test him out. But this... Oh, Henry Hill was part of this heist. Yeah, yeah, Him and his friend Tommy did it. They, they oh. were the only two involved. So, this was, like, the moment that like, the Luchezes okay, were, like, they were, like, he's yeah. He's in it now. And they're, like, at this point, it doesn't care about blood. You're you're here. You're in the family. You've this is going to be great. Yourself. So, he, like, rises because of this. 
So, and this is crazy because this coincides with the gambling scheme. So, 1978, they're like doing this thing at Boston College on the side. On December 11th, 1978, an estimated $5.875 million. Okay. Which is equivalent to $23.3 million today. Okay. Was stolen from the Lufthansa cargo terminal terminal at Kennedy Airport. Oh, the Lufthansa? Oh, like the German airline? Yep. Oh, so okay. they were doing the same thing. They got tipped off. They were like, they're shipping money from Europe. We're going to go. They were like... Hey. Every time they need some extra cash, they're like, oh, let's... I mean, they're JFK. Like, let's just hit up JFK real quick. They're like, 420 was small beans. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're going to go big. Like, they oh, take, that was just like my rainy day fund. Now I have to go get my actual money. Yeah. So they take $5 million in cash and $875,000 in jewelry. And it's the largest robbery, cash robbery committed on American soil at the time. Wow. Um... Yeah, and so they just, again, got tipped off, lost baggage. It's like, so it took till 9-11 for us to get some security I know, airports. before 9-11, you could, like, pull up to the airport and get on a flight with, like, gardening shears. Yeah, you could literally do anything. 40 gallons of liquid. Um, I know, my parents, like, talk about arm. going to the airport, and I'm like, what? They're like, and you used to show up 10 minutes before your flight. I'm like, what? <laughs> the security was like, um, you got anything dangerous in your bag? You're like, no. Just okay, drugs. amazing, have a great flight. Um, and you're like, now I'm like... On Monday, my flight is at 7 a.m. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there at 4. No, I, had, I, I like had vitamins in my bag when I was like flying home a few weeks. So they took them out. They're like, what are these? I'm like, my, my, my multivitamins? They're like, mm, toss them. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. You're, I'm like, you're, this is a power trip. I'm literally like packing my bag and I'm like, well, why don't they take that? <laughs> I'm like, I am prescribed it, but it is microdosing Adderall. So. <laughs> I'm like, um, do you think if I knew how to, like, take down a plane with, like, bedhead hairspray? I obviously don't If know I knew how to take down a plane on Xanax, yeah. that would be really impressive. I'm like, my, I spend the entire flight trying to figure out how to get the Wi-Fi for free. Like, I, I have humble ambitions. On my flight, I have to zoom into a class. Yeah, no, that's bad. I, like, don't know how I'm going to do it, but whatever. Okay, I'll figure it out. Um, so how does... Oh, say the plane crashed. Fake your own death. Anyways. Never come back from Hawaii. See, I'm really <laughs> thinking like the mob now. <laughs> okay. How does... So you're like... You're, you're getting away with stealing $5.75 million. Like, why are you getting involved in, like, fixing basketball games? Yeah. Like, how do you get involved in such a small scheme? So the Perlas are like, all right, y'all. We got everything set up. We got Wait, all the... who are the Perlas again? Oh, the brothers. The Rocco gamblers. and Anthony. They're like, we got everything set up, but now we need bookers in on it mm-hmm. because we need them to create a spread. Okay. So they reach out to their friend, Paul Mazie. Okay. Who they believe they could turn this scheme big time. Like, I mean, I'm guessing he's a low-level monster. Okay. He's not important. He's like, no, this isn't for me. He reaches out to his former prison friend. <laughs> From the 16th. It's my prison roommate. Henry Hill. And he's like, no, oh, no, no, no. Henry Hill went to juvie all that long time ago. Yep. And he meets Paul Ma- When he was Mazzi, 16, he meets this guy. Who's like childhood friends with the Perlas. And they're like, you're. And he's like, not No, for- but let me ask my friend. Yeah, he's he like, I'm not going to get involved. Fascinating. But if you get the Lucchese family involved, you'll make 
bank. He's yeah. like, they just got away with stealing five million. Well, they haven't gotten away with it yet, but he's like, they steal money from airplanes. Like, yeah. you can fix some basketball games with yeah. them. <laughs> so they call Henry Hill, and he's like, yeah, we can make a shit ton of money doing this. And it's like, fixing college basketball games is a lot lower stakes right. than going to the Air France terminal. Um, and so they're like, all right, let's, and it's so hard to track where it originated. You know what I mean? You're right. like, if ever, if there, there were, sh- I'm sure normal people betting on these games who had no idea they were fit. Like, so mm-hmm. it's impossible to know out of all the betters, like who, who was pulling the puppet strings of this. Exactly. So they're like, great. This is like a little thing on to do on the side and we'll just like make some money. Mm-hmm. So no, everything's in motion. And they're like, okay. December 6th, y'all are playing Providence. PC, go Friars. <laughs> They're like, we're going to test. We're going to test if this scheme that we've created is going to work. So they put their money, they all bet, on BC winning. But they had to win by less than 10 points. Okay. So the mob would bet under the spread okay. and win a significant amount of money if they won. Boston College wins by 19 points. Shit. And the players have enraged the most lethal mafia in American history. They're Imagine pissed. leaving the, the, the court being like, oh, I just had a good game, and there's, like, a vendetta against your family. Yeah. So Henry Hill calls up Cun, and he goes, you know you can't play basketball with broken arms, right? It's a great opener. And And... This is when Khan is like, oh, shit. shit. Like, this is not just, like, $2,500 a game. This is, like... Like, I'm... I'm and so he's like, he's, like, reeling from that. Jim Sweeney, the other player involved, gets a call. Um, and he's like, how would your honey feel if she came home to see you wearing a bracelet with your balls hanging from it. Oh, my... Wait, are you making that up, or no. was that actually said? It's recorded in phone trans- transcripts. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the, the two of them threat. are probably huddled in a Boston College dorm room, like... Screaming and crying they're and like, throwing up. And there's no way out now. So they're like, we're in way over our heads. We're not just going to get some cash to, like, spend on drugs at the end of this. Like, this has now become a sitch. So they're like... We've we've boy-bossed too close to the sun. They're like, we're not that good at basketball. Like, we don't have that much control over what's happening. So Hill's like, okay, that's fine. You suck. Um, Get... Ernie, who's the best player on the team, they're like, get him involved. And they're like, oh, Ernie's the golden boy. <laughs> like, ooh. So he's the leading scorer. He's, like, the best player. They're like, okay, we need him. So they go and approach him. It's documented that they approach him. It is never confirmed whether he participated in shaving points. But so he was conspicuous. Like he's wholly aware that it's happening. Okay. But it's not proven that he took any steps to influence, like change the way he played. But again, it's really hard to tell when someone's having an off night and when they're point shaving. Mm. So it's like he says to this day he didn't do it, but but you never know. 
there's but a lot, he was there's definitely a lot of, aware that Khan and Sweeney are were doing on it. it. But there's a lot of plausible deniability sort of like across the board. Yeah. So they're like, eh, we couldn't get Ernie. And Hell's like, that's fine. Whatever. December 16th, you're playing Harvard. We're going to do that game. They're like, you're favored to win by 13 They points. were favored to beat Harvard? Again, I, I don't know why I'm saying this. Like, I know anything Harvard about Harvard is not. I think basketball. teams are not good at sports. Oh, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Harvard? I feel like Harvard's good at stuff. No. About they're fantastic at being insufferable. That's yeah, for sure. But no, they're not, not good historically at good at basketball. Okay, all right. We're talking. Uh, uh, BC is in the ACC, which is historically the best conference before the Big East has like their run in the two thousands. Okay, and now the Pac ten is pretty good. But so they're so they're playing Harvard. They're favored by BC's favored by thirteen points. So they're supposed to win by thirteen points. Hill's like, all right. That's a big window. You have to win by anything less, less than, 13. than 13. They're like, you can still win the game, but it's got to be. So they win the game 86 to 83. So they won by three points. So everyone is like, Fuck success. Khan yes. is given an envelope of cash with an unknown amount to distribute to the players he's knew were involved. So that's where they get their plausible deniability because it's like, Oh, I thought I was getting my meal money from the envelope of cash that was delivered with my balls hanging from it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this has to do with the mob? Oh, my God. What is the mob? So it's, like, unclear what was in the envelope, who delivered it, and who the money went to. But Sweeney and Khan definitely got money from it. Okay. So they're like, all right, this is working. We're going to do this again. So they're um, next week they're playing UCLA, which, if you know anything about basketball, which you don't. Which I don't. UCLA was, like, the best team for a really, really long time. Okay, so they're going to be favored to lose this game. Yeah. So I'm learning. UCLA was favored to beat them by 18 points. Okay, that's a big spread. So you're like... They just have to win by anything more than 18. Oh, never mind. Okay, so this is actually harder because when they're favored to win, it's easier. When they're favored to, to lose, lose it's, it's much harder. Because, because they have you to, have to lose by at least 18 and you're hoping to lose by more. Oh, I thought you were saying that they need to beat UCLA by more. Oh, okay, okay. So you're just trying to, as a better, you're just trying to beat the spread. Okay. You want the spread to be wrong. Okay. So they're like, you just have to lose by anything more than 18 points. They lose by 22. So everyone's like, all right, this is going incredibly since the threats <laughs> at your doorstep. They're like, this is great. No one's that's, the wiser that's one way to motivate people. Who's paying attention to Boston College basketball games and who's betting on them? And they, like, spread it out. They would, like, call in their bets from, like, different places, so it didn't look like it was, like... All coming from one yeah. place that everyone somehow, like, was beating the spread. And they're making a ton of money, because, like, you put $10,000 on this, you beat the spread. You're making... I, I don't know. It, it has to do with percentages, and... So, when they play UConn, come on. They're like... They're like, okay, to make sure no one 
becomes wise to what we're doing, you're going to just play this game. Like, nobody's going to put any money on it. Nothing nothing is going to happen. Okay. We're just going to let y'all run around on the huskies. Run up on the muskies. Um, and so some veteran... So there's a 30 for 30, which is, like, in ESPN document, doc, documentary. They, like, started them a couple of years ago. So some of my quotes are from that the documentary. 30 they did ESPN a... Yeah. Doc. So a Las Vegas sports booker that they, like, interviewed and were like, how did nobody notice that the, all these people were betting on Boston College? He's like, he heard some buzz about Boston College, and he was like, okay, that's a little weird, but they didn't see enough red flags to cause them to halt betting and pull the games. Okay, from, like, something that you can bet on. Yeah. And he was like, almost all the action was, like, these local East Coast bettors. They're like, maybe they're just huge BC fans, and it was normal at that time to bet on college basketball games. So they were kind of like, okay, like, sure, we'll go ahead with it. And the UConn game really cemented. They were like, okay, nothing's happening. Like, nobody bet on this, like, UConn game. So it was just, like, a flash in the pan. It was a flash in the pan. Oh, my gosh. Hive mind. Um, so the Boston College coach is, like, obviously interviewed. He's like, yeah, no, I have no idea anything So the Boston happening. College coach, do you believe him? Do you think he actually yeah, had no idea what was going on? I believe he on? really had no idea what was going on. Because, like, having known people that play Division One basketball... If you went to your coach and you were like, yeah, I'm shaving points, talk about getting your balls wrung out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, you're doing it by running suicides until you can't stand up anymore. Yeah. So I, I would see. I, I agree with the coach. I'm sure he, like, probably berated them in the locker room and was like, how have you missed every foul shot this season? But, like, but he it, was just like, my team sucks and I'm bad at my job. Not, yeah. hey, there's, like, a... And it's, like, not it's Texas like football. It's, like, East Coast here. basketball. So, yeah. like, it really wasn't that much on the line for him. Mm-hmm. He would go into academia or something if it all didn't work out. So everyone's, like, all right, cool. This is really working. They, like, fix a bunch of the games throughout the month of January. Same as what we've done. So BC's big game is against Holy Cross because it's they're 20 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. And Holy Cross was good at the time. And so it's going to be televised. Oh. So it's going to be, like, there's going to be more money to be made because it's a televised game. More, yeah, more, like, promo, more press. And the more bets that are opposite of what you bet, so the people that don't know the game is fixed who are like, okay, I'm going to take Holy Cross covers the spread, the better the percentage becomes of your winnings because you're betting so underdog. Okay. So, like, if you bet a dollar and... (laughs) No, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like, it's basically just saying, like, the more you're not favored to win, the more money you make if you do... you stand to make. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So they're like, all right, we're going to put a shit ton of money on this game. It's on February 10th. Sweeney realizes early on, oh, Sweeney realizes early on, oh, I, 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 this is too much for me. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to just foul out. It's so a bad just, time like, to get cold feet. He just like sweets. starts hitting people and he's like, yeah. oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I have to sit on the bench. Taking out my anger on the court. Spread was three. 
Like, it was supposed to be a really close game. Yeah. So all BC had to do was lose by more than three points. Okay. Which, like, that's not that hard. Especially in a game where, like, you get two points for making a basket. Yeah. (laughs) And if they lose by more than three points, the Lucheses would win hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. Khan does his part. He's like, all right, Miss Falshot, Miss Falshot. He was a good little soldier. Cobb, Ernie Cobb, the okay, best player. Ernie. The mobsters thought he had been secured. Ooh. He scores eight points in the last <gasps> two minutes. No, Ernie. And BC lost by two. Oh, my God, Ernie. No. There go Ernie's balls. And, and so the mobsters lose <gasps> so much money. And Hill is like, well, what I'm going to do next is strangle some basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> the only option now is murder. Murder. So they're all in the locker room like, fuck you, Ernie. We lost anyways. You couldn't have just, like, not scored one more basket. Yeah, Ernie, what's up with that? And why would he do that? And one of these, like, small-time gamblers, Rocco, like, who we've completely forgotten about, this has become much larger than him, he put his foot through the TV while he was watching <laughs> because he lost almost $100,000 on the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were, they were not playing around. They were like, we know we can make money. Like, we're going to fix this. Okay, so th- it's a spectacular failure. Yeah. Facilitated by Ernie Cobb. It's like S- not a great name. <laughs> So the mafia's like, no, 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 we're not doing this anymore. You've lost us too much money. Because this is like, it's getting high risk at this point, which is ridiculous because it should it should be so low risk. But like at this point, they're like, no, 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 investment. we've now lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because y'all can't get your shit together. Which like, you must be quaking in your boots if the mafia calls you and is like, no, you fucked up a scheme. Yeah. So they're like, the end? You're like, uh, well, there goes my family. Like, the end for all of us, the end. But no, the mafia's like, nah, it's fine, whatever. Like, they're just kids. They're like, we're going to... Do they say that? Do they really say that? Like, we're going to just let them... So, seemingly, 1979, February, Sweeney and Con are like, all right, let's recap. <laughs> we got involved with the most lethal crime family in the country, in history, and we escaped with our lives a shit ton of cash. And all of our body parts are intact. And no one knows that we did this. Feels like a brush with death. So they're like... also too good to be true. And also I'm like, the way those fuckers probably partied their asses off, like, I get one good grade on a midterm and I'm like... Pop the champagne. <laughs> these, these guys were like, what? what? This can't be real. Like, we're, we're living on borrowed time. So, nothing happens until 1980. Nobody's like, well, that was weird. BC had a weird season. Um, no, no, everyone's just going on with their lives. 1980. Hill's just, like, doing his mafia things. He gets arrested for drug trafficking. And it's quickly, they're like, oh, no, and you did this, and you stole they from Lufanza. And Air- yeah, they needed to, to bring him, him in. On, and then it was like, release the guillotine. So he's like, all right, let me, let me recap. He's like, 
So I'm either going to die or I'm going to die in prison. He's like, let's take prison. Die as in someone in the mafia. We'll execute him immediately. So that he doesn't end up being like a liability. And and, uh, and so that if they of. go up to trial and it comes out that who his associates are and all Got that. It. So he's like, hmm. He's like, hey, FBI. I heard you do this little fun thing where you like, if I tell you everything I know, I go I to like a immunity. nice present nice prison and like don't get heinously murdered by the mafia and the FBI's like yeah yeah we do that we do that whole little thing um they're like, we're familiar with the practice so they're like alright so they're asking him questions about all his crimes and they're like what's in Boston and he's like what and they're like so you went to Boston, like, once a week last year for, like, three months. He's like, oh, that little thing, <laughs> that little one. He's like, yeah, we fixed an entire basketball season, but it didn't really work. And the FBI's well, like... they, like, were out by February, right? Yeah, so it was like, three months. They did it for... But, like, they kept... So, like, did the season continue after they got out? Yeah. So they really only fixed, like... They fixed, like, in total... Words of, like, They fixed eight game. games. Okay. Yeah, and BC, like, just, like, had an okay season. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Boston thing? That's when I screwed over the NCAA. Um, yeah, that's, like, very small. Do you want to hear about LaFonza? Yeah. <laughs> so, he's like, why are you guys so interested in this? And the FBI's like, I don't know. Seems like, like a that fun was little really story. Just a side gig, like that wasn't. He's like, okay, full immunity. They're like, sure, but you will never be Henry Hill again. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so he goes into witness protection. So you don't know anything about him post or where he ended up, where he went. But there's no wait, Henry so he Hill. He gets in. full immunity for he's spilling about the bo- Boston the BC college. stuff. Why did they care so much? It's so unclear. He's like, I have all this information, like. I've witnessed people be murdered. I, I stole $5.75 million. And they're like, Like, yeah, no. tell us about the 19-year-olds in Boston. Yeah, they're like, basketball? The sanctity? I'm <laughs> like, this is not marriage. <laughs> I don't know. People in Boston. And, so, okay. So they grant him full immunity. And they're okay. like, okay, we're going to prosecute this. So Hill and Burke... He doesn't get immunity from all his crimes. So they're convicted of extortion, but he's a witness protection, so he doesn't go to jail. Okay. But, like, if he were to ever turn against, he's been convicted of crimes. Okay. So I don't really know why they do that. Um, and they're, like, kind of obsessed with the Boston College thing, and it's, like, everyone's like... Yeah, why what? do they care so much? So Sweeney, Jim Sweeney one of the major basketball players involved, he gets up there and he's like, oh, I didn't... Chafing points? Me, no. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, oh, I agreed to participate because I was afraid of what they would do to me, but I never intended to, like, go through with it. And Kun's sitting there like... Liar! <laughs> he's like, so all the coke we did to celebrate after, that was just... That was a joke to you? <laughs> He's like, 
the beers we threw back. So so basically... Sweeney gets up there and he's like, no, I didn't do anything. And anything I did was done under duress. Yeah. He's like, I was Hill told him I'm backed by powerful interests in New York. And he was like, I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I don't do this. And he's like, at one point I accepted $500, but that was to give the illusion of co- cooperation. Okay. I'm like, that BC education paid off. Yeah. You're talking in circles <laughs> and you're doing a really good job at it. So the state is like bringing this up. Barbara Reed, who's Cunz, the now the only major player involved in the situation's girlfriend, who was 25. Oh, okay, weird. Who was living with him at the time. Also weird. She's like, yeah, all of a sudden he began buying me presents. I got a stereo set, a television, jewelry. A television set like, that then got kicked through, but that was sort of, don't really know what happened there. Like, <laughs> abruptly it stopped in, like, February, so they're like, okay, we got him. <laughs> we got him. She's like, yeah, he had a betting thing set up. Like, he was just trying to make some money during the season so he could be taken care of. And she's like, Oh, also, I had no idea what was going on, but I was, he would threaten to kill me if I ever told anyone about what he was doing. (laughs) Babes, you knew. (laughs) So, like, just, I I think I chose this story because it is crazy to me. These are just college kids. Right. That are like. Way in over their heads. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll fix some games for the mob. And now they're like state's witnesses (laughs) because they're like, we, y'all murdered some people. I thought you were kidding about the whole balls on a bracelet thing. They start to get all the other players on the team, and they're, like, bringing them up to testify in this case. And they're like, oh, he would come up to us and be like, hey, want to get involved in this scheme? Which, like, is kind of funny because it just seems like they're really bad. At, like, this is supposed to be a secret. And it seems like they're really... Yeah, they're, they're after practice, they're, like, in sh- the showers are like, hey, 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 hey. I get threatened all the time? <laughs> Because I am. I'm in, I'm in hell. <laughs> Do you want to not know if you're going to wake up tomorrow? Never know which day he's is your like, last? He's like, Boy, I used I to be into drugs. Now I, I chase a different high. Yeah. <laughs> the blissfully unaware of when my life is going to end. Yeah. Um. So they're all testifying. They're like, yeah, he would come up to us. And we all said no. But I'm like, this might be bad and, like, may get me in trouble later on in my life if I ever, like, evade my taxes. But... If I was them, I wouldn't accept the money from the crime, like the from oh, the mafia. I. I would bet my own money through a legitimate better because oh, you already too. know what's going to happen. Because then you can kind of be like, like it's like plausible, de- not really plausible deny, but, like, but at least I'm not directly involved with the murderous mafia. But I'm like, this is like especially if I was like a bench player, which in any scenario involving sports I am, I'd be like, so there's no way for me to get roped into them thinking that I had any control over what happened. I didn't get any minutes in the game, but how fucking yeah, I'm going to bet through a legitimate better to and make, then a- make a ton of money. Like, if I already know what the outcome's going to be, why not? So I'm like, why not benefit? So, like, what? Some people were too short-sighted. Um, so, and when Cobb, the best player, like, um... Testify? Yeah. He's like, oh... Yeah, like, one day, like, I got an envelope of $1,000. And they're like, for what? He's like, I thought it was a gift. They're like, 
okay, you're fine, immunity, no, no, no conviction or anything. So Khan is the only person. This so they, poor 20-year-old. They buy that Ernie Cobb, like, didn't, didn't know. Wasn't really, a, like, a major yeah. player in it. Like, didn't really know. Yep. And to this day, they, they all they all stick by it. So Khan is the only person indicted and convicted for this scheme. Of the, like, 10 players. Because Hill is witness protection. Yep. Rocco and Anthony, like, realistically didn't really do anything wrong except make a couple of phone calls. Yeah. And then pace, place legal bets. Like... They weren't really the masterminds behind yeah. this operation. It kind of got so co-opted. Like, and they were, like, obsessed with this, but they weren't like, this is the way we're going to take the mafia down. They were like, right. we need something a little bigger than that. We're not going to come after everyone for this. So, so the one 20-year-old goes can- down for this is the one 20-year-old, yeah. Con. Who just, like, wanted to party. Oh. I feel for him. Kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, he went to jail for, I want to say 20 years. And, wow. So, he got out around, like, and, like, yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, my dad says he remembers this because he played Division One basketball. And there became really strict rules about, like, who could, how money could change hands. Mm what you were allowed to spend your food money on, how much you were able to spend on shoes and shit like that. But I think the craziest thing is, do you remember on that, like, campaign I worked on? Yeah. She, like, went... She did... Part of her campaign was on sports betting because it's illegal in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I like, did not know that. That's what Yeah, you can't bet on sports games in Connecticut legally. So it's, like, it was legal in 78. So, like... Laws got enacted because, because like of this, Khan was like, I just really, I just really want some cash. <laughs> but the other thing that's that's kind of wild is that like I people don't talk about this unless I'm just so oblivious to no, conversations no, no. It's never that happen about. around the world of sports. But like I've never heard of this before. Yeah, and and like the thirty for thirty like didn't even like it did well, but people are kind of like, oh, that was just like a cool thing they watched on TV one time. Yeah, wow. But it's, like, kind of crazy. I mean, you could, like, fix. Like, they fixed the games. You could win so much money doing that. In another lifetime. <laughs> yeah, in another lifetime. Okay. Okay, winners and losers. I'll start. Um, I- I'm actually a winner. I consider <laughs> myself a big, fat winner in this scenario because um, I've been sitting on this the whole episode. I cannot stand Boston College. <laughs> like, I actively dislike Boston College with every fiber of my being. It's a little irrational, I won't lie, but, like, every single person I know who goes to BC, or just, like, BC in general, they're so nauseatingly, like, obsessed obsessed with BC. I'm like, no one likes their college that That much. much. Like, you will never mark... Mark my words, you will never meet a BC alum who does not tell you that they're a BC alum within the first four minutes of you being in their presence. So the fact that, like, this stain, however poorly known it is, <laughs> is forever on Boston College. Like, I'm walking out here with a big smile on my face. I feel vindicated. And I would like it to be known that my irrational hatred of a university is 
Notre Dame. I hope they go down in hell. No, and I didn't even, this is not even like some like, oh, I didn't get into BC. Okay, like, I just air my dirty laundry. But I'm saying that the, I don't want anyone to be like, oh yeah, you just hate BC. I didn't even apply. I toured and was like, no, 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 no. And it was yeah, my mom I who did. was like, please tour, like just look at it. And I was like, no. Well, I did, but then I didn't like it at all. So yeah, well, oh, we happy just- day for me. On the Notre Dame thing, I think now that you've said that I didn't get in. I never said that. I didn't get into Notre Dame. And this was a big heartbreak for me. I really wanted to go to Notre Dame. So I threw myself, my parents went out of town, high school, threw myself a pity party. You had to tell me something you got rejected from to get in the door. And, like, the kids that I wasn't friends with, like, knock. And they'd be like, hey. And I was like, no. What did you get rejected from? And this one kid was like, I don't have anything. I've never been rejected my entire life. I'm like, and you were like, get off my property. <laughs> and he goes, and I make the swim team at summer camp. <laughs> I was like, okay, come in. Beers in the fridge. <laughs> Beers in the fridge. And then one kid wore a Notre Dame sweatshirt, and I made him turn it inside out. Um, okay, my my loser's going to be Rick Cunn. Yeah, I feel like that's Big loser. sort of a, a fairly obvious one. Um, winner? Anyone who bet on Boston College without knowing the games are yeah. fixed. <laughs> the, the the accidental better. Yeah. Incredible. They were probably like, I have the Midas touch. <laughs> they were out there so feeling smart. so good about themselves. Like, mm, wow, I'm just such a good better. No. No, baby. No. And now they suffer from crippling gambling addictions. So yeah, they all are losers. <laughs> <laughs> we're all losers in the end. Except for me, because I hate BC. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay, thank you for listening. Thanks for explaining sports to me. Yeah, anytime. See you next week. See you next week.